Well, today throughout the UK, people are celebrating Mother's Day, a day which provides an opportunity for children to be able to love on their parents uh, and bless them. But also, not just their biological mothers, any woman in their life who has cared for them. You know, many grandmothers have, have cared for, you know, grandchildren. So it's an opportunity around the country for people just to love with really inspirational women in their life. But what I love about the body of Christ is that on Mother's Day, we absolutely and quite rightly so take that one step further. Many of us have been blessed by spiritual mothers in our lives, and I bet if I was to do a, ha a show of hands, I won't, don't panic, but if I did, I bet there would be, every, there'd be many people in this church who could put a hand up and say, yeah, there is a, there is a spiritual mother in my life who has, has, has been vital, both men and women, because I know there has been in my life. So in whatever capacity you are here today, <coughs> whatever capacity a mother you are here today, we honour you and we celebrate that you are loved by God, that you are intimately known by God. You are called by God to shine as beacons of faith and hope on this earth. Is that a beautiful thing? Amen indeed. That being said, I have to be honest, I do sometimes struggle with the world's um, sometimes the world's perception of Mother's Day, this picture that can sometimes portray women just being these soft, delicate souls. Uh, now, there, where this might be true, and actually something to celebrate, yeah, open God's word, he does speak into that, and that is something to celebrate, it is sometimes not the full picture especially not God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christian women. Amen indeed. I found many Christian <coughs> women to also be such women, uh, women of faith, women of purpose, and ultimately women of strength. Wonderful biblical virtues. Women who have done and continue to do mighty things in the name of Jesus and on many occasions have absolutely outshone us men what it is to be faithful, strong uh, 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 women who follow Jesus. So today I'm just going to briefly, it's not so much a deep study today, it's more of just a, a, a thought and an encouragement to, to leave you with and give you on this Mother's Day so we're stepping away from our study on Luke, because I want to briefly look at a strong and faithful woman in the Bible named Deborah. Deborah. And as we do, I want to share five qualities that we can learn from this remarkable woman. So if you have your Bibles with you, who's got their Bibles with them? I can't believe you put your phone in the air, Ben. <laughs> who's got their actual proper Bibles in their phone? <laughs> awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna go backwards this time. We're gonna go back into Judges, the Book of Judges. And it's a bit of a long passage. Bear with us. So Judges four. 
first one, and I'm reading from the NLT today because it's just a bit easier to understand. It's such a big passage. But after Eud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Haggoyon. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent Barak, son of Abin-Oen, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honour in this virtue, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now, Heber the Canaanite, the descendant of Moses, his brother-in-law, Habog, had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Zananim near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinamon, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called for all 900 of his iron chariots and all his warriors, and they marched from Herosheth Haggoyim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leapt down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Harasheth Haggoyim, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Habor, the Canaanite, because Habor's family was, a friendly, was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazor. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in, don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So, he gave, so she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. And if anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. Watch out, gents. <laughs> Learn lessons from the Bible, all right? 
When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, come and I will show you the man who you are looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera laying there dead with a tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. And later on, we know that there was 40 years of peace in Israel. So our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we just ask this morning that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive this, uh, what we can learn from Deborah and the encouragement we can take away. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you spent any time reading the book of Judges, you'll know that Israel wasn't in a good place. Joshua, Israel's great leader, had died. The great kings of Israel hadn't yet come. And during this interim period, God's people fell into this cycle of apostasy and reconciliation. Apostasy and reconciliation. Twelve times they go through this cycle of rebelling against God. Then they realise that the grass isn't greener on the other side. Jump up, fall down on their knees, begging God to save them. God raises someone up, saves them. There's a few years of peace, and then guess what happens? They go through the same cycle over again. But because God is merciful on each of these occasions, he does raise up what the Bible calls judges, who would lead the deliverance of Israel from their plight. The 12 cycles, 12 judges. Though judging would be part of their remit, their primary function was to rule, was to lead and command uh, Israel back from apostasy into the favour of God. And one of those 12 judges, as we have just read, was Deborah. Deborah is one of the most influential women of the Bible, a woman of wisdom and a woman of courage who has an impressive resume. If she was writing her CV today, under experience, you could easily put on there judge, prophet, warrior, poet, as well as wife, singer and songwriter. Puts us a bit to shame, doesn't it? She was only one of a handful of women described as a prophet in the Old Testament and the only female judge mentioned in the Bible. And she is one of only two people in the entire Bible to be called both prophet and judge. Who knows the other one? Samuel. Samuel is the only other person that is called prophet and judge. I think you would agree that she is quite an impressive woman. I get this picture of you know the, the young girls around, around her in Israel at that time, you know, looking up to her and going, wow, I want to be like her one day. You know, maybe having their, 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 their posters on the wall for those who grew up in the 90s, you know, you know of, of their, of their, of their, their idols. But, well, it wouldn't be, would it? It'd probably be sort of picture chiseled out in, you know, in, in stone or something or tapestry. But uh, I believe that Deborah's story can show us some really powerful qualities that both women and men, boys and girls, can take away and we can apply into our everyday life. 
The first is this. Deborah was obedient. Deborah was obedient. Deborah was a judge and prophet. But don't think for a moment that that was a golden ticket, that she would never do anything wrong. She would live this perfect, holy life. You know, not, not ever going against anything that God has said or called her to do. You just have to look at some of the other judges of the Twelve to see that this isn't the case. Gideon, as an example, despite God's faithfulness to him, he still leads God's people into, into improper worship practices. What about Samson? Though he was strong and he did win many battles, he was ultimately a slave to his fleshly desires, which was his downfall. But for Deborah, as it was for some of the uh, for, for the other judges, she remained faithful to God. She kept her eyes, from what we understand, fixed on Him, irrespective of the challenges that she was being faced with. Among the judges of Israel, Deborah was unique. She was not only bold and assertive, but she also proved faithful and obedient to God, ultimately showing that when God calls us human beings, his created beings, our purpose is faithful obedience to him. Number two, Deborah set a leadership example. Deborah showed one of the great attributes of any good leader. She led the way by example. Led the way by example. Yes, God had directed Deborah to call upon Barak to lead the army into battle, but she didn't try to shape any responsibility here or leave Barak trying to figure things out for himself while she sat under her tree relaxing. When Barak said to her, I will go, but only if you go with me, she said in verse 9, very well, I will go with you without a hesitation knowing full well she was going into battle, toward a battle that was going to be pretty gruesome. Very well, I will go with you. She stepped up as a leader when called and did not hesitate to act, which I'm sure every member of those 10,000 army would appreciate. Number three, Deborah was a faithful servant. Although Deborah was clearly a courageous woman, her confidence did not come from her abilities to judge and lead the country. Or, or neither did it come from her knowing the strength of the 10,000 that, uh, or the Israel's army, we could probably put, say it that way. Where Caesarea trusted in the might of the army he commanded, Deborah trusted God. She trusted God, she trusted his power, and she trusted his provision. She believed that God was not only for Israel, but she had gone, he had gone before Israel. That alone was the strength she needed to take action and motivate Barak and also the 10,000, give or take, warriors to step out in faith and trust in God as well. Deborah's faith shows us that God's people 
shouldn't be afraid to follow where God is leading. Should never be afraid. He won't lead his people into a battle without any hope for victory. Amen. Number four, Deborah was an encourager. In verse 14 we read, Then Deborah said to Barak, Get ready, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. Deborah encouraged Barak to go for what the Lord had already won, the battle. He'd already won, even before the battle took place, as God quite often did. Her words of encouragement to Barak gave him the strength to go down from Tabor with his 10,000 men. If Deborah had not spoken encouraging words to him, confident words, then he could have easily, you know, easily have faced the battle with lack of belief that God could, or what God could do through him in that moment. But Deborah's encouragement set him to action, and he went down with confidence that God had already delivered Sisera into, well, not not his hands, but into Jael's hands. Fifth and finally, Deborah was a worshipper. Deborah was a worshipper. After the battle, Deborah and Barak sing a song which tells of the whole story of the battle. We haven't got time to read it today. We would have been here all morning otherwise. But if you step over into Judges 5, you'll read the song that they wrote and sang which basically, as I said, tells of the whole story that we've just read. It's a song dedicated not to them, not to what they've done and their, their victory, but it's a God song dedicated to praising God for how awesome he was in this situation. They acknowledge that no matter what they or the army had done in that moment, all the credit goes to God. God deserves it all. The beginning, or one of the beginning lines of that song in chapter 5 of Judges says, Listen, you kings, pay attention, you mighty rulers, for I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. And it doesn't stop there. The praise is throughout. So I think you'll agree that she is quite a remarkable woman. But the thing that stood out to me was how she referred to herself in this song of praise to God. As we've seen, she could have referred to herself as Deborah the judge, Deborah the prophetess, Deborah the warrior, the poet or the wife or the singer or the songwriter. She could have referenced herself as any of those things, but she doesn't. In verse verse 6 and 7 of chapter 5, she says this. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travellers kept to the byway. It's given a picture of the real 
sort of grey period in Israel's life here. The villages ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as mother in Israel. Mother in Israel. Now we don't know whether she was referring to her being a biological mother or not because there's no children mentioned in this passage. But in some respects that's irrespective because the picture here is wider. It's wider picture, wider scope. On the one hand, Deborah was tough. She was tough. A woman to be reckoned with who, through her faithful obedience to God, brings liberation from oppression and ensures the well-being and security of Israel. As was part of the reason her remit, or God's rising, rising her up to be a judge in Israel. But yet, on the other hand, we get this picture that she approaches her God-given responsibility as judge over Israel through a caring, encouraging and protecting parental lens. And it is this duality that I really want you to take away today. She could have called herself warrior and all of these different things, but she chose to reference herself as mother in Israel, giving us these, this wholeness picture, this, these two caring, loving, nurturing parental lens, but also put me in the wrong, put me in the situation where I have to be, I'll roll the sleeves up. Today, I want to encourage every mother in this church, biological or not, in whatever way that means to you, every mother, every woman in Jesus' church to care, to nurture, and to encourage the bride of Christ. How many kids have we got running upstairs at the minute? you spent any time with any village or any uh, village in, in, in whether it's Africa or India or anything like that there is that proverb isn't there that it takes a village to raise a child when you see it at work it's a beautiful thing it doesn't take away from the biological but it does mean that every, every woman, every man in that village keeps an eye encourages, inspires, equips looks after, keep, you know any of the children. And it's a wonderful thing to watch. So they can't get away with anything, it's great. Because <laughs> right? they all get a flick around the ear if they need it, from, from anyone in the village. Dragged back to their, 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 their parents. But any woman here today, be an encourager, be nurture in within Jesus' church, be an encourager, a, a, a caring heart within Jesus' church through the same parental lens as this strong warrior uh, 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 judge Deborah gives herself. But as well as that, when the need arises, and there will be times, when the need arises, don't hold back in being that warrior woman in Jesus' church defending and protecting Jesus' church as blessed 
and called women of an almighty God. There has to be the balance. There has to be the balance. But it's by the Holy Spirit's direction as to when and how you use that. But as you do, take some encouragement from Deborah. Be obedient like Deborah. Stay obedient to God in every aspect of your lives, whatever challenge you face and whatever task you, is placed before you. Remembering that he will always provide the resources you need to accomplish whatever task he's placed before you. Secondly, be a leader like Deborah. Be an example of how you, uh, in how you act, in what you do, and in what you say, whether you are in church, whether you are at work, whether you are leading children in whatever capacity, or your own family. Be an example of leadership. <coughs> Thirdly, be faithful like Deborah. From the moment you wake until the moment you close your eyes at night, faithfully keep your eyes and heart focused on and fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Remembering that it was through his faithful sacrifice, his raising from the dead from death, and his choosing to call you that has led to the faith that you now have and the hope that you live in and your hope for the future. Fourthly, be an encourager like Deborah. Strive to encourage those around you with your words. Be whether that be in the good times or in the bad times. Sometimes you may not have the exact answer to someone's challenges, but your words of encouragement could help them get through their challenges, pushing through with the belief that God is also able and willing to be able to get them through it. And finally, be a worshipper like Deborah, remembering not to be wise in your own eyes. Oh, that's a trap we can all fall into. Don't be wise in your own eyes, thinking everything you have accomplished is by your own strength. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have accomplished anything. Live your lives acknowledging God in every process, whether things are going your way or not, and be an example to the wider church and all, all who look upon you, whatever context that is, as a, a worshipping woman who is totally committed in all aspects of your life to God, the creator of all things. Amen?